Hello, my fellow hemp nuts. Are you ready for the <laughs> cannabis bonanza? Hey. We are recording at Gotham Studios, March 6, 2019, the sweetest smelling podcast studio in the world. Hey. And we have <laughs> a fun that. show for you today. Yes, we uh, do. We're going to be talking yes, about do. what's shaping the New York state of marijuana legalization and how it'll affect people of color. We're going to talk about some historical moments in time. Nice. Um, and we're also going to talk about the importance of education on the medicinal applications of cannabis Love and hemp. It. And we are joined uh, today with the unapologetic Randy Cameron. <laughs> Got that right. Yay. All <laughs> Thank right, you very Randy. Much. Thank you, so Dr. happy Jan. you're here. Hello, Farmer Randy. Soon to be Randy. known around the world for Brooklyn Sprouts. Right. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and we are also joined by our resident clinical licensed social worker, Jan Roberts. Thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. How hey. are we doing today? Outstanding. Outstanding. Wait, we're missing someone. Missing someone. Uh oh. Mm. Someone is out playing hooky. What's... He says he's using uh, this time to write on some papers, <laughs> but I think he's using those papers for something, for something else. Something else, absolutely. <laughs> as long as you're I, using papers, I <laughs> love, I, I love it. So he's got good things going on right now. We're really excited for him. So we're here holding the fort down and have Randy here joining us. Yes, and we well, we had such a great conversation last yeah. time too. Yeah. So, but before we go on to that, I have to tell you all, I did something this week. I created a Patreon support page for us for what? New Hemp hey. Times. Hmm. Cool. So do you hey. know what Patreon is? No, but it's <laughs> cool anyway because it should sound cool. I mean, yeah. And yeah. I created oh, right. it, hey, damn it. Great. Anyway, so we're, we're doing this out of the kindness of our hearts, and we depend on sponsorship, and we really don't want to have corporate sponsorship. Right. So we're trying to kind of keep this a grassroots effort where we can kind of talk about topics that are important to us. So we created Patreon. So people can pledge anything from like a dollar per episode on up. And there are different kind of specialty things we have going on with it. And so they can go to Patreon, search New Hemp Times, sign up today, and we can kind of start trying to create the message more and promoting nice. us more. Having a sound engineer who can actually make us sound funnier, because God knows we need that. But also that we, we have these wonderful opportunities <laughs> to grow. So anyway, so yeah. anyway, tell people, patreon.com, look for New Hemp Times. Hey. Yeah, because pretty much this show is powered by McSorley's Chili Dogs today. <laughs> <laughs> that was a natural power empowerment. <laughs> it was 1.5 Chili Dogs for yeah. you, Mr. They were good. They were good. Um, well, um, before we get started, I wanted to do a word of the day, and this is also important for our listeners, is they've been sending stuff we want us to talk about, and I've already chosen the word of the day, which is a little technical, but they've, we, we have some interesting things. We're going to look at the origin of, like, Hotbox, where does that come from, mm -hmm. Spliffs, where does that terminology come from, mm -hmm. what's its use? But if you guys are listening to this and you're like, there's this cannabis word, I want to know where it comes from. You know, right. send it to us. We'll break it down to you. Um, but today I want to talk about one of my favorite words, which is uh, anandamide, or some people call it anandamide. And this is the naturally occurring THC-like compound in our brain. Nice, right? Like, like nice. you heard of endorphins, yep, right? Yep. That, that's, this is what normally is there that stimulates the, the, the cannabinoid receptors, right? The reason there's a plant out there that interacts with us it didn't create the receptor in us it's already there right and it's just kind of a tweak of nature that that happened but they discovered this compound basically in 1992 isolating it from pig brains and cow brains um, and it has a beautiful name so it comes um, 
the, the first part of the word ananda or anand comes from the Sanskrit word for eternal bliss. Mm. So it is oh, the bliss nice. compound of the brain mm. associated with happiness and you know regulation of memories uh-huh. and things like that. Oh, that's um, frontal nice. lobe, part of the brain, or all over. All over. It's uh, the the receptors for THC, the what are known as the cannabinoid type one receptor or CB1 receptor. It looks like, according to research, it is the most abundant protein in the human brain. Like, you know, all receptors and enzymes are all proteins. And it is like there's more of that than just about anything else. You take serotonin receptors, opiate receptors. And that's why it's so useful medicinally is there's so many targets. Like you have a problem with this part of the brain that's controlling this. Oh, we can get some cannabinoids in there to help regulate it. Right. Uh, So it's kind of surprising that it's only until the – you know, mid-90s that this system was really discovered, considering how abundant it is. Are we losing you right now, Randy? No. Okay. I'm, I'm with it. We I'm, tend to kind of talk sometimes let's, in geek Let's speak. have the word again. So. <laughs> Anandamide. Anandamide. So anand, bliss, and amide. Well, amide. you know, and like, you know what Ananda is, right? It's the blissful space. Yeah. Buddhism. I knew an Ananda so, yeah. one time. Did yeah. you? I think so. Yes. Uh, Do you want to tell us about Ananda? No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> But I should also <laughs> shout out that um, my uh, no, that it was also there. pretty much discovered by a guy named Bill Devane working with some folks in Israel. This is an American. I just like to point that out. Everyone yes. talks hey. about Israel doing all this stuff. I'm like, actually, cannabinoid <laughs> receptors discovered in the U.S., little hometown pride. You know, these nice. compounds, a lot of U.S. American ingenuity went into discovering this system. Um, but And he passed away, I think, a, a year or two mm. ago. But he was um, – he was like this really smart guy who made these like huge discoveries in the field and then just like took a couple years off and he just suddenly showed up working at a, a some lab like he would like to sit in the coffee shops and he was such a good researcher he'd be like oh that sounds interesting just like walk over to the lab and get a job because <laughs> he was just like that, that advanced man what do you, how do you know all this stuff? I'm still, every time he pulls some kind of shit out of his ass, I'm like, how do you know all this Because I, I knew the guy. Superheroes. Wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, I started going to meetings when I was 20 and an undergraduate and, like, meeting these and researchers. And you're 86 now. Yeah, right? yeah, and I'm spiritually. <laughs> I'm like a old, really <laughs> like old Like a beat-up old man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was a lot of fun because, you know, I, my mind was very open and impressionable. Yeah. And I got to sit at these tables and just listen to these people. I had no idea who they were, but they were just talking and arguing about the most wildest things at the time. People were arguing about where the receptors were, if certain compounds existed. I mean, it was really, for a nerd, it was a wild time. And how long ago was that? Uh, that was uh, starting around 2004, 2006. I started wow. actually going to hardcore scientific conferences, not just like the advocacy where like occasionally a doctor would yep. show up and give a talk, but just, you know, five days from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wow. talks and networking wow. and, and meeting these people and learning the, 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 the hidden stories of how some of these discoveries happened. Wow, wow, wow. So today, what do we kind of want to talk about? I was thinking that, you know, this is supposed to be like Women's Month, right? Right. I know, mm. and it's the year of the woman, and I've decided I turned, I turned 50 a few weeks ago, and so this whole, like, being 50 has really messed with my mind, and mm. I've been thinking a lot about kind of coming into power as a female, and what does that mean, especially in the cannabis field, yep. and so one of the things, you know, I, I would like us to kind of maybe talk about is the importance of kind of making sure that we help shape the cannabis culture. How do we make sure that we're 
part of it and that it doesn't become the way that other corporate kind of issues have happened. I, I don't know. That's I think it's yeah. a good point. point. I mean, the, the, the cannabis plant that we use as a medicine is a female plant. I, I think the females should, should swear. <laughs> no, really. Do you? No, you really. think so? Yeah. Okay. And it's not, and it's also not the first time. I mean, um, dating back to some cultures in Africa, it's yeah. been acknowledged as a uh, feminine uh, strain right. that nurtures the human body oh, and yeah. heals, which is a reflection of what mama does. When right. Um, right. And I think the natural course of that, in, as this industry is emerging, is that the sisters leave. Well, and I think it's room for, there's room for all of us, yeah. you know, yeah. but but I, we're trying to be on a more pl equal playing field, Equal right? playing field. Mm -hmm. um, we're seeing some states have um, what they're calling diversity requirements for yeah. applications, yeah. and I think, you know, it, it's, it's an important first step, I guess, but I think also people need to be smarter with what what type of companies they're supporting. 100%. Right, right, right. So what does that mean then in the real world? Well, there was legislation last week in Albany. Right. Um, and I, my, the chairman of my board of Brooklyn Sprout Social Enterprise, fortunately, was able to get up there and give us some representation um, and get some voice in what's going on with uh, minorities and women being oh, included. And, and for folks who haven't mm -hmm. listened to the previous podcast, yeah. give a, well, tell us about Brooklyn Sprouts and yeah. its interests. Yeah. yeah. So Brooklyn Sprout Social Enterprise uh, was formed by um, Assemblyman Roger Green, the legendary Roger Green, one of my mentors, um, uh, chairman of our board, Joe Quello, and myself, Randy Cameron, uh, John Romalo, and Greer Barnes. Um, as founders, worker owner um, style of business, um, dedicated to hydroponic food and medicine production with a home base at Interfaith Medical Center, 1545 wow. Atlantic That's Avenue is where great. our greenhouse will be constructed hopefully next month. Um, <laughs> Department of Buildings, do you hear me? <laughs> we're waiting. Yeah, we're waiting. It's been five months. Well, oh. so you guys got to go, and you have some representation in Albany. We do. And to get this moving forward. To get this moving forward. Um, what's going on right now, and we already know, as far as in the medical field, there's been 10 vertical licenses given right. away already. We got <laughs> Fifteen, so a total of fifteen for the state of New York. So there's five left. Mm. Um, so we need. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm ooh like, ooh boy, ooh boy. boy. Right. So um, that does lend some credit to targeting some leadership, right, in women and people of color, right. and a diverse team. Right. That is able to hit those marks right. that are needed to hit right. in order to land that. Why do you think, from your perspective, why do you think that's so important? Well, I, I think mean, there's, yeah. I would love to know yeah. from your perspective, because, anyway. Well, there's clearly around the world been um, research led in the field. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, uh, a lot of the great doctors and people in the field um, have been men. Right. Um, if you look at some of the entrepreneurs from the recreational side, as far as products, right? Um, again, uh, white men. Yeah, white men. Jayhan. That's right. Yeah. Like Jayhan. No. <laughs> uh, 
messing uh, with you, Jay. No, it's all, it's fine. No, uh, I, I see it all true, the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, in in that's uh, why conferences got kind of boring, and because like you go and it's, it's like, hey, shit. it's some big fat white guy ahead of some big fat right. company. Next speaker, another big fat white guy ahead of some <laughs> big fat company. Right. You're like, right. boy, they all have the kind of and the, they all have the same messaging. Yeah, sure. There's just some like manufacturing plant where they're just like, here's another yeah. one. Exactly. And it's, it's, yeah. It's, and yeah, and they have different missions, different communities they represent different backgrounds and it's yeah i think it's it's for the health of the industry the more diverse it is the more diverse ideas cultures and skills you can bring together the chances are that you're more likely to be able to adapt to a landscape that is constantly changing exactly right 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 no that hit it that hit it right on the head um also i think introducing a greater and wider cast net of folks right. mm-hmm. means that for one you're going to have a, a a larger population that you're going to serve yeah um culturally you'll find integration from practices in west indies and right. africa mm-hmm. and asia right. that these are long-standing medicinal based practices, practices that were done culturally um that we that don't pay attention they don't pay to. attention yep. to it's that eurocentric kind of yeah it's, it's it hard to read chinese research articles on pubmed you know what, what are they, they doing go. what do they call the receptors it's sometimes it's it's difficult to even get a foothold on that yet you know as we talked about in the previous show you know the chinese word for oh, anesthesia yeah. Yeah. mazui is freaking cannabis intoxication like right. that's some hey. roots right there right, right. <laughs> truly truly and, and I think, you know, the cannabis industry seemed to be just Northern Europe and, you know, North America. Right. And now, yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. We're seeing right. a huge change, like in Latin America, mm-hmm. you know, so it's important that we really acknowledge that this is not just a, a, a white European kind of movement. This right. is a global movement. And, and I think we all can kind of learn from each other in this push. And if you look way. in Harlem and uh-huh. in Brooklyn, especially through the, the 90s, the early 90s, right. where West Indian kind of ran the underground marijuana trade and involved in that is what we would call herbal juice shops, which are herbal-based medicine yeah right Um, right a lot of times they're cut with some rice wine or some other funky stuff to make it interesting (laughs) uh, (laughs) never had that right right Uh, you got to go uptown it's a a really nice one i have to experience here in the city yeah i love it joss seal big up to them on 122nd street is uh, a great herbal juice bar Wait, jaw as, ja as in jaw, as in jaw. Yeah, Yaman, that's what I was. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the prac <laughs> the practice of it without necessarily the clinical science right. scientific mm-hmm. um, knowledge behind it has been right. practiced for years and years and years. Oh, this is incredible. Um, well, that's where a lot of medical information comes from. People don't realize that more than half of the drugs that are currently FDA approved have origins in plants, right. like. Uh, since many are synthetic, but they're generally based on plant compounds, and it's through that uh, ethnobotanical practice that people narrow down what works and what doesn't work. And right. there's a yeah, I think that there's a as our society moves so faster, there's a chance we're going to l- lose some of that knowledge. Thank gosh, some people wrote it down, right. so we know what plants. You know, people are starting to revive. Like, oh, you can 
you can inhale and smoke other plants? What is this? <laughs> like other well, than we, tobacco and we cannabis? We were talking about like adding lavender to cannabis whenever well, someone smokes it. And you were showing me that article that you Yeah, found. I think like someone listened to our podcast because they're like yeah. listing all these plants. And I was like, oh, they added one. Mugwort. That's another <laughs> one. that I know because we were talking with Greer a couple yeah. weeks ago about like what can you add? And Greer had no idea that you could add all these fun things. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I think it's back to that herbal roots. You, know, you don't have to inhale things to get a, a benefit or something. Right. from them but right. but that how do you use these plants for other things than decoration or right. exactly. industrial purposes right. exactly i mean those 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 herbal shops were the first ones i seen that would juice everything really? i mean they were juicing stuff before juicing was, was you know there. really That's in vogue cool. so so what do you think that from an an economic perspective what do you think that having um you know, more diversity, more inclusion, how is that going to affect the cannabis industry? I think that the key, and again, what I love about the idea about the Brooklyn Prout uh, social enterprises is that I have this sneaking suspicion, despite the support at the polls for cannabis, that there still is this not in my backyard. There still is a lot of stigma. There still are people who look down upon it. You still and don't understand it maybe they don't want to understand it right and i feel like there has to be more just integration in the community there has to be more 100%. buy-in from people who don't use the plant who, yep. who are going to be around it and they they need to be part of the conversation too right. right and and the key factor in there is that uh when some people are looked under the microscope under a certain guise of uh either uh, criminal lens or right. suspicious lens, right. while other people are given the benefit of the doubt, that already unevens the playing field. Right now, right. we've seen this movement before in history. Hmm. Um, if we want to go back to, let's say, um, prohibition, right, and look at the leading alcohol companies in the country right now and right. who are running them, um, right. and <laughs> as in vogue as the microbreweries are right now, they're mm-hmm. not Coors, they're not Anheuser-Busch. Right, right. Uh, and believe me, that could repeat itself. You know, you have a good point. The FDA just opened up That's another two-week comment period, right? It was right. six months ago, and it's like, here we go again. That's did right. they lose all the comments from last time, or did Big Pharma not have a chance to chime Hello. in? Hello. Right. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Right. And as, uh, as my mentor, Roger Green, uh, lectured me on and brought me up on this fact. If you go back and look at prohibition videos and these chain gangs, mm-hmm. you see Irish and Italian men right. locked up, the right. face of the illegal criminality movement. Right. Now compare that to what's going on right now with marijuana in the face of who's right. the criminal face right. at the time. Um, once legalized, um, giant Irish families were able to benefit. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. In this industry and mm. built long generational wealth. So you see this as an opportunity? Oh, and most, oh, yeah. you're talking about it, it dates, b- it dates even before, uh, if we want to go back to Emancipation Proclamation. Right. If we really want to get deep with it. Right. Yeah, these um, are his historical examples. It's a historical yeah. example. So, um, the loss of not having the promise of 40 acres and a mule, which right. would have enabled a group of people to have land ownership right. and be able to make money off of that. Right. So let's compare that right now to what's going on hmm. with uh, 
being able to afford a license, being mm -hmm. able to get That's a chance true. at a cultivation permit or vertical license right. that will enable you to operate on more than one distribution level wow. is heavy. Yeah. That's yeah. heavy. That's where the How big wealth How much do you think that it, that it costs to do something like that? Well, we know for a cultivation license in the state of New York, it's $210,000. Oh that's just an escrow. That's exactly. That's not paying for your that's team not, members. That's, that's not just an escrow? That's not, yeah. that's not putting a deposit down on the building. Right. that you like. Sometimes they don't they require that, I think, for New York. Like you it had does. to show you had like yeah. either a lease or yep. own the building. Are you serious? Yeah. So, yeah. so like, holy. Uh, yeah, I had people yeah. come up asking me. Why do you think that they, yeah. that they require so much money? Well, I can tell you that um, there have been some crazy things I've heard over the years. I went to a hearing in a state once where there was a, pro a proposal from a politician that said <laughs> we should only allow people to, to have a license who own a vacant hospital. And people were like, that's because his biggest donor owns a vacant hospital. That's oh like, like, and they're giving out like three licenses in that state. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they'll this – this, oh my yeah. god! So yeah, th those but those things get caught and and they get corrected. But I, I really like that idea of these kind of this these resources coming to bear that aren't available, right? And, and making so, it a, a level wait, playing field. Can in a I, sense. I wanna, yeah, I want to go back to my yeah, question. Yeah. So two hundred and ten thousand dollars yep. in escrow. Yep. Then you have to fund. So how much do so people does this wind up costing? Some, so the, this is a this is an annual cost of two hundred thousand dollars for your cultivation license, ten thousand dollar down payment, yeah, and two hundred thousand. You know, I mean, you're going to be what are your in, like? What are startup fees and stuff? Oh, I, people are putting together millions of dollars in yes. fundraising to. So no wonder that we don't have representation. Exactly. No yeah. wonder we don't have, I mean, you know, yeah. and no wonder we're seeing big business and get and into and this because these are the only people. Yeah. It's the friggin' haves. Well, and a lot of the people who <laughs> the have haves this and the money. Have nots. Right. And remember, there's a banking issue. So the people have the money. That's it's right. not like it's uh, their net worth. It's like, oh, well, let me go to my couch cushions and right. I have this liquid cash that I can put up. Holy and shit. that, you know, there's only like two types of people that have that. And that's like, you know, stock traders and some very, very right. successful drug dealers that have that amount of money. No, or the mafia, maybe. Or, yeah, the mafia. Yeah. You know, like if someone came to pay, this is an analogy, if someone came to a studio to pay for a commercial yep. and they brought $30 million in cash, you'd be like, they either, they either work for the right. government or yeah. they're doing something shady or... They like, stole <laughs> it. You're from Colombia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, or from the medical marijuana But, but then, you know, to add oh, kind of insult so to injury empires. is if you have a drug conviction, you're also not allowed to be a part of a, a license. Right. Which is the other angle. Um, to keep minorities out because of, we have exactly. this disproportionate arrest. And, and exactly. Oh which is also God. important and relevant to bring the historical combat, yeah. um, historical uh, pattern back into play because um, Italians and Irish were able to leave right get introduced back into society right use those skills that they had when mm -hmm. it was illegal at the time and build companies right um so the so yeah. you see this as a, a wonderful opportunity it just sounds like a wonderful opportunity to us to really reshape what it means to be in business it is. And and do you see this as an opportunity to kind of talk about like compassionate capitalism if you can actually put those two mm -hmm. words together? But you know, I 
I wonder, you know, so this is an opportunity that we know we're in this kind of framework, economic yes. framework, but this is still a, a way that we can make a difference in That's this right. world. That's right. I don't want to poo-poo the majors that are doing yeah. good medical yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. input. Yeah. Because and you, it does take a lot of money. It takes a lot of money. Yeah. And just because you have aspiration and, pa and, and passion at a, a, a boutique level or, you know, mm -hmm. um, craft cheese level, right. you know, it, it, there need to be real steps that are taken, um, real partnerships that are formed. Right. And I think as far again as, as people of color and women um, having a real stake in the industry where we they need to target or who are, let's identify who the real freaking partners are, who are the big boys in the room, and what's keeping us from making us a, a real, you know, right. relationship that can step to the next so level. So how do you feel like it will be different if there's more inclusion at that level? You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I know for me as a woman... I, I feel like having women at the table when we're talking about products, when we are talking about what are the real needs out there, that mm -hmm. that gives a different perspective. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I have to tell you, being, you know, when I've done even this podcast with Greer and, and Jayhan, as the woman, I find that oftentimes the way I'm thinking about something's very different in the sense that I feel like they miss certain nuances. So I think that we can kind of grow yep. when we have different perspectives. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? I think and that we will, shouldn't yeah. be so threatened by that. Yep. Change you know? is good. I think. Change good. is very good. Very good. That's how we evolve, right? I mean, and I think that, I think, you know, you touched upon something there is, I think, you know, there's some things I've seen at conferences where it's like, there needs to be other influences here. I, the things mm -hmm. I have seen, you know, when it, <laughs> like, like, like I th I'll say tell this. Us, tell I think us. that I hope it phases out soon that there's no longer who can blow the biggest dab cloud competitions at like conferences. Yeah, like, like, I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> are you doing? Uh, it's just embarrassing. And yeah. like, I, I'm worried they're like, oh, we're going to have a politician speak at this conference. And I'm like, can we put a bag over his head I and know. like get him into the back door? Like, don't like, don't look at anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, but that's an important point well, because. Uh, the recreational market is going to come out with a bang. Right. It's going to be a lot less regulated. There's going to be party city for yep. a while. And yep. a part of the segment is going to be trapped in that. Well, I'm on a personal mission mm -hmm. with this market, just so you know that. Okay. I'm going to be transparent. We yes. talked about this last week. We we have kind of happy hour after the show. Right. You're welcome to right. join us and, today. And Jen, I loved just, the, your analogy but, earlier about village grannies versus other uh, places. I'd well, love to talk okay. about that later. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. Now you've just taken me off my damn train of thought. You know I, I have short-term memory happy issues. Happy hour. Happy hour. Okay. So we were talking about happy hour. <laughs> what about happy hour? <laughs> 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 Sorry. Um, I don't even know what the uh, fuck I was saying, see, guys. I just wanted to demonstrate how white guys like interrupt <laughs> and talk over people. <laughs> we were talking about it. I was like, you we are, need a really good example This of is it. the way you're undercutting me as a female right, again. You, Thank you. Said, you. Uh, <laughs> We've you did have it. a good point. I did oh, have I'm a sorry. goddamn good point. So let's talk about what we were talking about then. <laughs> Don't worry, we remember. <laughs> I'm glad you do because I. <laughs> well, you're talking about differences and influences and what the space would look like. Okay, so I love. Oh my god! So I posted this on our New Hemp Times Facebook page. I went. Um, I love this place in the in my neighborhood. I live in the East Village called Village Grannies. And it's owned by two women who are from Israel but used to live in um, Quebec, and now they live here in the East Village. 
And they've started this head shop, essentially, but it's more like a gallery. And it's incredible. It's artwork. And when you go there, they have a soothing music on. Mm. And it's just this aesthetic that you feel like you've stepped into a place and as if that's reassuring, that's comfortable, calming. And as a female, I love that. I hate going into head shops where it's just this pipe, this pipe, yep. this pipe. It's intimidating. You know, when you go into dispensaries right. too, it's not women friendly. And and so having the space, I I I love how they they actually match the product with you. They talk to you about it. You know, I had one of the things I've been coughing a lot lately, and so she found this beautiful perk for me, and it's just incredible. And I treated myself to this really sexy kind of iridescent pipe and hey, lighter. Yeah. I know. And they have all these really awesome things, but it's different than any other head shop I've ever yeah. been well, in. Most and head I believe shops it's are like a teenager's dirty room. Yes, you're like you're like, right. why is this on right. the floor? Well, like And we know <laughs> and, and to be quite honest, we know that women are the one of the largest growing demographics right. of cannabis users. And for me that it's very validating, but it's true. And we're forgetting this. And that's why I think like the voice is so important for us to really start to be cognizant of inclusion here. And honest about it. Well, you know, I, I think I might have, I think I might know where I was going. All right. One of the things we've really s- tried to decide on is who do we want in this cannabis world to be aligned with? Because for us, if we know that we have a platform, and for us, it's important for us to align with people who we feel have a shared kind of vision for mm-hmm. how cannabis can positively impact culture who are actually representative of other, you know, um, whether it's age groups, ethnic groups, mm-hmm. classes, nations, et cetera. We think that we, we have an opportunity to really kind of grow from this. Yep. And and so we've decided, you know, I know for me, I think this is an opportunity, and you had mentioned this earlier, Jehan, we can vote with our dollars. Damn we right. can vote with where we go, with you know um, the companies yeah. we we work with. And and sometimes it's one bad post away from that business right. fixing its problems. <laughs> no, it's the truth. Right. It's the truth. Right. Going. I got my certification in hydroponics and in sorry, farm management and garden Wait, management. Delaware. No, this no? was actually oh. um, Life Lab. Okay. Cool. University of California, Berkeley is one of the baddest mm. programs in the country wow, yeah. with You're education. A smart guy. Well, <laughs> I was, well, I'm filling the resume up. But, um, so in the class that I was in, I was only only black hat that was in the class, and it was a beautiful campus. If you ever been that that yeah. campus is amazing. Yeah, um, the ag department is just mm-hmm. beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, and the program training was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Did you guys go to like the Sacramento Valley and look at like? Did you have field trips to different? We agri- actually stayed right there on campus using the university farm. Oh. Wow! The two greenhouses that are on campus, and it was real intense four day training. Um, so, so what type of plants did you get to work with? Uh, well, it was really basically school based garden education. Um, and how to disseminate that to classes and work that into the school. Was there a day where you were, like, looking under the microscope or watering a plant or cutting a leaf, and you were just like, this is it, I found it? Was there, like, an experience that you had? Mm-hmm. Was it a, Were you working with tomato plants or something or looking at that redwood tree grove there? Did you? So I knew, and this is in, in all honesty, when we started the company, we knew we had to get into hydroponic 
vegetable production first because right. there wasn't any, you know, timetable or frame right. on when this legalization movement would happen. Right. So this was a actually me getting certifications in order to teach in the public school system mm -hmm. while wow. we had, you know, serious grow operations still happening. We needed to have a presence in New York City education right. system right. in order to have a real credible uh, background once mm. this movement does happen. So, so you've been planning this how long then? Ten, oh, longer, 2006. Wow, 13 years. 2006. Wow. wow. So this was, and this is a true story. Johnny, uh, my other business partner, John Ramallah, Greer Barnes, and myself mm -hmm. committed to this. They were both working full time. Mm -hmm. You know, John was at university, uh, Columbia University, Greer's on the road. And mm -hmm. I went out and got the face of the company going into schools. Wow. Um, but what was interested from the teaching, I grew up in private schools on right. the Upper West Side, so right. I was always used to having different faces that necessarily didn't look like me, right. but um, were great teachers, and I can absorb that. Now, from my neighborhood, there right. were kids that did not have that experience. Right, right. Never experienced that. So let's compare that to this movement that's happening mm -hmm. right now. It's critically important that we have faces that work with reentry people. Right. All right. The reentry population is huge. Is huge. Huge. Um, the newest yeah. staff uh, uh, person of Brooklyn Sprout and mm -hmm. a fire enterprise is Dr. Divine Pryor. If you look up the name, one of the heaviest, heaviest PhDs in prison reformation in the country, really? and he's now helping to guide and shape how we will train and utilize this abused workforce that's coming yeah. home. That's you know, they brilliant. have, I know at NYU, they have a program, I think, um, for people who are reentering. Maybe they could help you with interns yep. or something like I that. I mean, they have it for everything else. I mean, for like a professional that's soccer wonderful. players in Europe. Exactly. And when well, they're done, there's like a reintegration yep. to society a thing. a skill yeah. set yep. that's marketable. Yep. And, and you know, my God, yeah. this is also an industry that has disproportionately arrested people for marijuana. That's and right. so we really need that's to kind right. of start to give back. And who trains wow. them, it's, it's critical and it's important. Yeah. Um, you need a diversity. Yep. They need to see your face. They yep. need to see my face. They need to see your face in the training. Yeah. Um, and training is such a moving target as information changes because it's not just, oh, you take this weekend seminar and you're done. It's a, it's an ongoing evolution. You're learning stuff. And I was thinking about it because, you know, I, like my neighbors in this in a five-story walk up I live in, they want to do a rooftop garden. Yep. And I was like thinking about hauling all these bags of soil. And I was like, there's got to be an easier way. Yeah. There's got to be something a little more sustainable because I don't want to be hauling this soil <laughs> up to the rooftop. I was like, maybe yeah. this hydroponics in urban environments, yep. maybe it makes like practical sense. Like, yeah. So I was like yeah. looking, thinking about the applications of this already and how – Growing your own food or your own medicine is like a radical act for and us. And what about in states? I know, you know, there's always such an issue about do we allow people to grow their own? That is something recently we, we've talked a yeah, little bit about. That's yeah. really kind of concerning to yeah. me because I think that some people, you know, I understand that we need to be able to well, make sure that uh, people aren't selling it on the black market. But yeah. at the same time, if there's legalization, allowing people to grow their own plant, that's such yeah. a therapeutic a kind of yeah. thing. My friend Dan Goldman put it a really good way. Uh, yeah. uh, he said, you know, the cannabis wannabe millionaires mm -hmm. like are worried about 
the those people growing a couple plants for themselves yep. and they're not going to spend that $20 at their store. Yep. And if you're struggling so much with your current cannabis enterprise that you have to create new laws against cultivating a few measly plants legally, you have larger issues. Like, <laughs> you do. Like, right. I mean, that's not going to fix it. Right, right, right. Right. Especially with Brooklyn Sprouts teaching everyone. There's a historical precedence of that happening. No, and that's why we're here, really. Do you think that in, in New York, because are they going to allow, they don't allow, or do they allow? Um, in your home? Yeah. No. In Massachusetts, no, you concerns. can have six plants I know in Delaware, they don't either. Well, you know, just devil's advocate for the state and safety stuff. There are con- some, some concerns, because there are a lot of lazy people out there, like, and I, you know, who won't. I've seen some dangerous electrical setups in my day and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff from like, I wouldn't want that guy in my neighbor. Like, but, you know, there are a lot of responsible adults who, who right. do, well, do it right. There are always going to be stupid people right. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You and can't control that. I mean, there's drunk drivers every right, night. Right, yeah. right, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah, so we had to stay away from drunk people setting up groves. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. There was a big fire last year in the Bronx. I mean, really? you know that yeah. explosion was from... Yeah, mm. some cultivators oh. that hit a gas line. Oh, really? my God. Yeah. Idiots. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then, yeah. yeah, and then you go on YouTube and you see all the exactly. mostly white guys blowing themselves up in their living room. Like, <laughs> ma- like this will be fun. I'm going to use this gas and, like, put it in a glass tube. And while I'm doing it, I'm going to smoke a cigarette. And, like, right. you're like, and video oh, myself. <laughs> and then, right, and then, son. and then, while he's putting Vaseline on the burns, he's like, "Upload." <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't hurt that much. <laughs> this is so cool. Right. Like, oh so, yeah, I was like collecting those when I used to do training, safety okay. trainings. But, so yeah. I'm going to totally get off topic because this has been on my mind since I still am watching these stupid ass videos. So, fly fishing jam TV. Oh, <laughs> I know I had to go We're there going again on a trip no, back in time. Back in time. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, hardcore TV? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, but, how in the hell did you guys come up? With, I want to know the train of thought mm-hmm. and and what was involved of coming up with this thought of this fly fishing TV show that so, you did. The segment. How did? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so I. All right. So I'm a fisherman. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, I grew up. That's, Wait, do that's, you have your necklace on with a hook course, on it? Yeah. Again? And when you say fisherman, are you yeah. lakes, ocean? No, oh, strictly awesome. surf, hardcore surf. Oh Light God. tackle, shallow, saltwater fishing on Martha's Vineyard, Cape Cod. I don't even fish New York. I fish Martha's Vineyard, Cape Cod. Well, listen up. to him. Nice. <laughs> grew up on the Upper yep. West Side. Janet Messino's mom, student of Janet Messino, legendary surf fisherman, baddest. Yeah, I wish I knew anything baddest. about that. And a silly question, are you t- are you on the boat or are you on a dock? Are I'm on a boat? beach. I'm yeah. walking miles of beach wow. looking for fish breaking. And you do this, like, look for the birds summon overhead, yep. birds. and you're like, there it is. Send exactly. it out there. Or you sit a do pole in the sand, and you, yep. you know. Do you ever feel like like it's therapeutic for you? It is. Uh-huh. It is. I yeah. walk, you know, you fish. You, if you fish for stripers, you fish for stripers at yep. night. So, you know, I'm walking beaches with nobody uh, there. Yep. You know, it's just yep. me and the spirits oh and my the God. stars. And I remember those days when mm-hmm. I was younger. We had, uh, my parents had a house on a barrier island. And we would go floundering at yep. night. Yep. And it was just so dark. And you're out there with a little lamp, you know, and yep. trying to spear that or going crabbing and shrimping. God, so I quick story. Me, so Janet Messino, she's a legendary uh-huh. fisherman on it. And she's trained. I've watched her fish since I was 11. She takes me out. Uh, this is during the Derby, Martha's Vineyard Derby. We're on Chappaquiddick. 
the middle of a big school of fish, I land this striper, and I turn my headlight on, and the striper shakes his head, the lure shoots out of his mouth, uh-uh. and hooks me in my cheek. Uh-uh. uh-uh. Did, you, did you know how to get it out? So I had to do that in Boy Scouts. We uh-uh. had to be learning. So, of course I didn't. So there's, oh. is that the scar right there? Right yeah. Here? Right. So I'm like, she's going to kill me if I interrupt her fishing, right? So I was like, I got to get this shit out of my, oh my face. God, like quietly try it. Right, try, so I it end fucked. up putting the barb through my cheek into my mouth. I'm officially hooked. I've hooked myself now. Oh, my God. Like, I'm three, putting up quite a fight. Like, quite a fight. Oh my I'm God. spooling myself. Oh, my God. Yeah, so... I walk down to Jan. I'm like, Jan, I got a little problem. She's in waist high water. And she's like, well, why are you bothering me now? What, what's going on here? She turns yeah. around. You know, she clicks. Oh, jeez. Would you look at this cougar? And he went and hooked himself. So, <laughs> so that yeah, was so it. Took me to the hospital. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that is that why you wear the necklace? <laughs> no, my cousin's actually making this jewelry. Really? Zach. Her, she's amazing oh, um, that's jewelry awesome. maker. So. Does oh she have a Twitter or Instagram handle? On Facebook, check out uh, her jewelry by Zazak Designs. It's amazing. Nice. How do you spell that? Z A Z. Yeah, I can. The spelling bee podcast is after ours. Exactly. Look up my SAT scores. Yeah. So wait, okay, so back to fly fishing TV. Yeah. So how did you come up with this so idea? So w- they just knew, we, man, me and Gree liked to fish, and they were like, so what would you guys do? The, the two producers um, put us in a room, and we were like, well, why don't we fish and not catch shit? <laughs> just start with that as the premise. I love DJ and Scratch. Yeah, or, or, or wait, Scratch, scratch and, and Fish. fish. Yeah. <laughs> And I didn't even I know you like I, I thought you guys were traveling around the world. Because I first watched, it, I was like, "Wow, how did they get the budget for this?" <laughs> we were in Queens, dude. <laughs> like on the reservoir, or yeah, in a, illegally in a reservoir. Oh my god! You, so you were literally I like, "We gotta it. hurry up! We gotta <laughs> yeah, get like this going." <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! I, was Queens. I love it, and you captured like the 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 DJs, the Dude. coloring of like uh-huh. pink and just like really bad like uh-huh. late '80s, early uh-huh. '90s that colors is, and yeah. stuff like that, and then the flat. Wait, no, the guppies. That was funny. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I will stuff. quit bringing that up. <laughs> but it's just one of those funny things, and it's I think, on it, I think they should bring it on Broadway. You know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe off. Off, bro- off Broadway. Broadway. Like, off Broadway. Like the Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was just I was just visualizing when you said you guys, you know, and then a lot of artists do that. A lot of video you see it all around uh, Brooklyn Bushwick. People film and stuff. And I was just yes. thinking, like, do the police even have canoes? Like, <laughs> I, know, I know they got hang gliders right. and bicycles. Right. But is there like this dusty canoe next to like the horse or other stuff? Like, <laughs> 60s. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So I I have a question then. Has cannabis played a role in your creativity? Every day. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right I think, now. I think, you know, it's I with an artist it's a, you know, it is a thin line between um uh uh inspiration, yeah. creative inspiration yeah. and then, you know, putting your ass to sleep. So you, right. you know, you, Absolutely. you need to know how to Activate Get the your best out of any. Um, yeah, yeah. So it is kind of a creative thing mm-hmm. for you. And I'm curious, Dr. J, do mm-hmm. you know 
like the pineal gland. Tell me about, I've heard like all this stuff about how cannabis impacts that and what does it do? Mm -hmm. I'm curious, or do you know anything about well, that? I can, I can speak more uh, broadly. And one of the best descriptions, you know, people talk a lot about these different types of brain waves, you know, right. alpha, beta, P wave, N wave. And what what they've noticed is that um, certain brain activity associated with things being novel, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, is uh, non-traditional ways of thinking about things. Like, mm. you know, the, the, I was talking with this physician. He's like, well, you know, if you use, use some THC and you look at a soap bubble, it's going to be like the first time you ever looked at a soap bubble. You're going to look at for things maybe you didn't see before in that, but it increases the novelty of things. It and it's kind of analytical observation of the same thing you look at before you're looking at it with yeah. Depth. yeah yeah like when yeah. i uh, i was watching for example uh, if my in-laws over and requires a certain level of medication to deal with them <laughs> and we're watching oh cartoons God. and i'm Cartoon. watching this cartoon that they've all watched a bunch of times they're showing their the, the niece the cartoon and i noticed that it's a three little pigs and it's a picture of the family of the father of the last pig and it's a picture of his mother with all his little brothers and then it says father and there's a picture of sausage links <laughs> and i was like i was like did you guys notice that the Petra's father is sausages, and they're all like, what? We're like, that's too dark for our child. I was like, you guys never <laughs> noticed that before? They've been watching it for years. I've seen that. Yeah. I swear. You yeah. Know, oh, my God. And it's like, and I kind of was like, take it like that might be an example. But there are, you know, um, a lot of creative examples where people are stuck on things, and they're trying to look beyond the obvious or take a different look on it. And that is something um, also, too, in the research about careers. Now, when they talk about people earning income or careers or education, there's also a thought that the way people use substances and interact with their life may also enhance certain values they have. Like, what do they view as a successful life? Is it being a good parent or is it making a lot of money? Right. Right. Those are different views, non-traditional ways, perhaps, of thinking, uh, you know, is it having a high IQ score? Is mm -hmm. it being a good person? Sure. Like, those things are not necessarily related. I mean, you know. <laughs> so, then, so back to the penal gland. <laughs> so sounds a little personal. No, I, I don't know. know. <laughs> Jayhan, do we need to schedule a session to have a conversation right now? I, I, you know, I'll I'm trying to think. I know that. Like yeah. I, I, I don't. I'd have to look. I'm up still stuck exactly. on what the father of sausages really meant, and what really? did that cartoonist? What was going on in their his head? head? Right. Mm. I he like has, that you say that it's his head. Well, I mean, it was in the <laughs> the cartoon was written at a time when there were I'd, I've never seen a credit from a cartoon pre nineteen fifty that was okay. like the Fleischer brothers, not the Fleischer sisters. You right, know, right, like, right, I mean, right. I mean, so it was an old cartoon. It was an old cartoon. Okay. I mean, that's from March of the Wooden Soldiers when they kidnapped the pig. Remember, and you found the sausage link. Right. Oh. You're like, right. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't remember that one. I don't remember you that guys one. You guys don't remember March of the Wooden Soldiers? No. What, I, what was it? Gotta say, every Thanksgiving. Oh, I didn't God, do that. Really? I was always helping in the kitchen. Standing Because, you know, I was knowing my place and as a woman. Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> They're being quiet now. <laughs> They're like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, I think, you know, the... the the third eye or the pineal <laughs> gland is, you know, it, I, there is there are probably some interactions there, but I, I don't know what they are. I think I can get something together for our next show or some follow-up on social media. But. Well, I've heard a lot about, like, plant medicine and, mm -hmm. and, and all of that. And, 
you know, we, you and I tend to kind of look at things very kind of matter of fact and scientific and, and stuff like that. But you hear a lot of commentary about what is plant medicine and how it can actually connect you with your spirituality. And um, it, I'm just curious, kind of like how you so all think a, well, about that. Right. I guess. Well, there's a section of, of sexual health in, right. in those herbal shops. Absolutely. That has, you know, um, plant-based sexual stimulants that right. are supposed to aid. Um, well, yeah, so. We got on to sex. How do we? <laughs> well, well the, the, when we talk about the pineal gland, probably melatonin <laughs> is probably, I think that's, that's what it regulates. Sure. Um, and that's the link. I think it's regulation with autism and other right. conditions, mm-hmm. too. Right. Yeah. But um, not a lot is, is there about cannabis specifically. I would just like to know that. the science behind all of that fun stuff. So maybe people can send us links. Maybe. I don't know. Hell. Hey. I don't know. Hell no. So, what else is going on? Well, Any new, new exciting news stuff? That there is something, and I think it, it, it's, you know, I got to be careful because some friends of mine are doing the research, and, you know, um, but uh, uh, it has to do with canopy growth, right? Mm-hmm. They, they got like $5 billion in funding, um, and they launched this study that's supposed to begin in 2019 on the NHL. Um, and, you know, they, they're looking at CBD helping people recover yep. from brain injuries, are going to have. Uh, you know, scan their brains, see what happens. Yep. Um, and what's kind of funny is their chief science or chief medical officer, Dr. Mark Ware, uh, when I was getting ready to defend my thesis many years ago, I actually had all these people Skype <laughs> in and I like gave it and had them like critique uh, it uh. like the night before. And he was one of the guys. It's just kind of funny to like, he finally got his day because he did all this cannabis research. He yeah. did this crazy stuff, got it. Really, really push the envelope on yep. both the therapeutic and abuse, and to see him get his day where he's he's living his dream of getting creating products f- to help people to get on the market. But just to kind of be political, yeah. I, I can't think of a wider sport than hockey, right? And then they're like, we're going to study concussion yep. in this group with like the largest company. I mean, I think it's a great study, but at the same time, I'm like, isn't there a little broader thing you could sure. do? Like, I feel like I don't know, maybe. No, you maybe hit it. You're I'm not being too silly, right? Right. No, not at all. I um, it's interesting. I was working. I I had what I used to call in. We had a uh, hydroponic freight container at the Children's Aid Society on 118th Street mm-hmm. in Harlem. Mm-hmm. And we used to have a group of veterans that would come in. A small group of six guys that come in, and they sit down and help do some of the um, transferring of sprouts and really just chill out and kind of do observ- what I used to call observational therapy. Right. Right. right? And um. Three of the cats were going through, you know, P- PTS. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, know, from a trauma? From, like, from physical? Or? It wasn't. One one person had a physical uh-huh. injury. The other guys, it, as they said, they did too much yeah. time in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. Um, and they all partook already. Right. Um, didn't necessarily have the medical knowledge to treat it, but realized already that they controlled their stress level and their inspiration to stay in right. functioning in society right. um, with the help of that, well, of the medicine. Now, what hit me was with these new group of folks that are coming home for prison that are suffering from the same type of stress-related right. issues that are never acclimated. You know, it's not, it's not, it's looked at, wow, he's did a crime again and he's going back in. Yep. Um, violation of parole. Violation of parole. Yeah. A veteran is it's given a window of 
this this behavior was a reflection of what he experienced when he was in that. Right. So, so I think we, what, so, while it's really fun to study athletes and it's really great bingo. that this is being used, there's this other area of research. Like we instead of getting 700 professional athletes, we get 700 people who need to be rehabilitated in society. Bingo. Give them access to that technology yep. and those treatments yep. because it's way more desperately needed. Exactly. That exactly. Way. And how do you address that then? Because then you have to have a conversation with a parole board. I mean, you have to advocate for these guys and, and because yeah. they're not, that's going to be, again, a way to get them back in prison and if, if you they can, violate yeah. parole. So, and it doesn't make sense because if it's legally pers- or recommended and it's through a state's program, it should be allowed. I mean, there must you have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. So is anyone talking about well, that? Well, that's why Brooklyn Sprout Social Enterprises formed its right. team with having legal docu- expenses. Le- exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. They, oh they probably but had no, to do, no, no, negotiate no, no, no. that But stuff, I'm yeah. asking on a policy level. Mm-hmm. Are you so, guys having these so conversations? Dr. Divine Pryor is the number one person in the country in, oh my. in prison reformation. And he's on our team. What, what are well, some when you say? Pri- well, I need up? a definition. Wait, mm-hmm. But all right, you but go. Can we okay. can we ha- link him up with us? Because that from I, I a think social he's watching right now. Good, so, uh, good. I because mean, from from a too. social justice kind of yes. thing, that's in our wheelhouse. And for us, we're doing all this research on veterans. Yep. Why aren't we looking at this from a social cultural perspective and yep. having the research kind of start to dictate policy? So Bingo. how is this helping people? Bingo. How is this helping them? We can actually totally look into that because that's something that we need to be able to invest in from a societal perspective is how do we rehabilitate people yep. instead of continue this punishment? And if it's good enough for a veteran or good enough for anyone legally, yes. then why in the hell would they be, wow. like, persecuted for trying something that's going to help them from a medical perspective? Mm, exactly. And, and that, oh, I, so that is totally. So that's why we're totally, carving this space. And this is why we have this podcast. Because we want people to have an understanding yeah. of the nuances that are going on in cannabis and, and, and so yeah. that we can actually make sure we're not re we're not going down a slippery slope right. that other industries That's have. Right. Or just flashbang research that, right. that yep. looks good yep. and yep. stuff like that. But I, I need a, I need a, I need your help because I I, I have an idea of what mm-hmm. prison reformation looks like mm-hmm. or rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. Right. But maybe what are some of those steps? What are some of those things? I'm sure there's, uh, you know, I don't want to, I, I, I don't mm-hmm. really, I don't think I could write an essay on right. what it would, what it, what it takes. Yeah. So do you, could you just so, hit some highlights of. So I, I, I don't have the full skill, but I do have some experience. My first job was, was called Jobs for Youth and it worked with reentry kids. And ironically, that was in 1989. Central Park jogger case was going down, oh, and yeah. in my group was uh, sorry if I'm messing your name up, brother, but Rash- Rash- Rashan Salam, who was one of the five, right? Um, that the president, that you know, highlighted right. our president right, right now, and it's time Mayor Giuliani highlighted. Um, that was my first experience um, in working with youth that were coming home um, from lockup facilities, right. and they were it was. They get to work with a kid who's in college, right. um, and they normally wouldn't have had the experience of being friends with a college student. That right. was the the, hmm. the principle behind that job experience. But as we developed Brooklyn Sprout Social Enterprise, we had to get somebody who was a leader in this area. 
right. um, because that's going to be one of the workforces. Right. I mean, that's literally, we have to I look at it. So you, you just really have this commitment on many different levels yep. to impact your, your what would you say, the community at large to really kind of make a difference in people's lives who wouldn't have had, had the advantages or don't have the privilege that other people have or might have a record. I exactly. mean, that's just... I like that idea of networking well, them with other people who yep. might share their values, yes. might share their aspirations because, y you know, you are your network. You are who you know. 100%. And and Absolutely. That, and that's that, that You're the company you keep. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. In many ways, you yeah. are. You know, yeah. I mean, just from a mirror neurons. Okay, yeah. I'm not going to get all geeky. Those now. are cool, I'll though. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, but you're hitting it. And that's why women and people of color need to network with a vast, wide yep. net yep. in order to kind of begin to work from possibly the top down. Right. You know, as, right. as opposed to being trapped. Um, you know, I got to come up with $210,000 to get yeah. into the game, and you don't, yeah. you know. We, so we can really kind of leverage our group intelligence. That's I right. I love that. That's oh, right. my God. This is so cool. Well, you know, UC Berkeley just had some research come out, and I want to know, did you, did you plant this seed in their head? Because they have <laughs> developed, they claim to have developed genetically modified yeast. This, this came out yeast. to produce THC and CBD as well as a bunch of other ca cannabinoids um, for, you know, low-cost production really? of stuff. Um, wow! So uh, there's been rumors of this wow. in the past. Um, they're doing it with opioids or using yeast and giving them the genes. Mm -hmm. But what's kind of weird for me is okay. So we have this safe, non-toxic plant that produces stuff we're familiar with. Right now we're going to produce all this stuff we don't know what it does, and right. we're going to just mix it together. It'll be nice. fine. It's cheaper than any. And so it, to me, it's just. Seems that's like how you get like crap whiskey. That's how like <laughs> you know, that, that's how the Boone's Farm and the you know all that. Hey, Boone's Farm did well, well when I was really like in Mardi Powers, Gras right. in New Orleans. Right. You know, <laughs> wild Irish yeah. Rose. And yeah, all I that. know. <laughs> like vomit. But vomit. they they, they do like say it's. <laughs> and this is <laughs> where I'm wondering about you yeah. know brewing yeast and you know when I, when people think of cannabis cultivation, they probably think of those illegal grows in like Yellowstone or yeah. other national parks. But they claim it's safer and more environmentally friendly way to produce, like, THC and CBD. And I don't know if he has the data to say that against, like, sustainable agriculture or sustainable hydroponic farming. Like, sure. I mean, I don't think anyone's actually ever looked at, uh, hey, we're going to use yeast to produce this, and what is the carbon footprint of that versus sustainable it's going to take 10 years because i mean commercially we we uh, the industry hasn't been able to create a real carbon footprint from you know yeah. but that that is something to really think about i mean there was going to be some issues in ag in well i think about with lights lighting yep. is a big issue when you states force you to grow indoors yep. without any options and some states are funny is like I think it was Maryland actually allow would allow outdoor cultivation, and they gave nobody a license for outdoor cultivation. I was like, that's a that's a cute little three card Monty trick there, that's where right. they only gave licenses to indoor. And if you think about it, sure you can have solar panels, but that's a lot of electricity 
And, you know, the day more you dig deeper, it's really weird. Around the time the Controlled Substances Act, there was a company, I think, called Diamond Lights. Mm -hmm. And they were like this fledgling indoor tomato company. As soon mm -hmm. as that Controlled Substances Act passed, and can't, they are like, wow, we're getting orders all the time. Yep. Like, yep. we have money for R&D. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think it's, it's kind of this weird practice where people love to criticize the carbon footprint of cannabis, not realizing that it's these weird policies that – don't allow you to grow it sustainably. Like, like make it as difficult as possible. As possible. Mm. Yeah. No, you're hitting it. Yeah, and what about? Um, I have a question for you, Jahan, because this I have not been able to get this image out of my head. <laughs> you sent me something about parrots. <laughs> oh, wow. this is an amazing story. And, uh, just just a little <laughs> bit. Hear this. India, this right, yeah. known for growing poppy plants. Yep. Apparently, they are having a problem with opiate addicted parrots. Just <laughs> attacking the plants, <laughs> like going. I mean, they're going batshit yeah. crazy. I mean, these yeah. are smart birds, right? They have the intelligence right. like four or five year old. Yeah, they live yeah. a long time. They're they're probably yeah, like junkies. And they're <laughs> just pure. I mean, you think pigeons are bad. bad. No. <laughs> you don't want to get bit by it, apparently. And they can talk back to you. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> you imagine what they're saying? But, but I'm like, why don't these, you know, why don't these farmers leave out, like, Narcan-infused Kool-Aid out for these parrots or something? No, like, that's brilliant. <laughs> you know, or they like... sick the next I love, I love the headline, they're terrorizing puppy, well, puppy farms. Could you just imagine, like, these are smart birds that work together and communicate, and one could just, like... <laughs> distract you while the other five and I'm just trying to see these parrots I know. nodding Look off, at the picture. You know, I know. In, in trees just nodding <laughs> out old heroin well, really be right I mean, you know, that doesn't happen with cannabis plants. The it's reason birds hay. attack so cannabis wrong. plants is for the seeds. If they right. find a seed in your outdoor right. cannabis, they'll tear hey. it apart oh looking for God. seeds. Hey, but take all the funny. seeds out of my but they're not going to be like <laughs> waiting for you to leave and peeking right. behind a tree and they're like, oh, let's go. Right. <laughs> but Sorry. but yeah, maybe this is the solution to the opioid crisis. Is like let's breed Bingo. breed parrots that love to consume opiates and send them yeah. loose. Send them straight <laughs> into <laughs> Colombia. I think we just got an angry letter from PETA. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> they're tweeting right now. <laughs> but but these are these weird problems that again this has probably been an issue for a long time. That's I bet a brilliant idea biological. Yeah, I know. Get the parrots yeah, to attack junkie, the junkie, <laughs> junkie parrots. Now, see, that's a, that's a, that's a skit. <laughs> I didn't even know parrots could right. get euphoric from right. opiates. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> well, the oh thing. The, the, Next thing you know, they're going to start breaking into the huts down yeah. there and stealing stuff to go pawn. Well, you, hey, if I want a crack, if I want some crack. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's hilarious. <laughs> and, I, oh God. and how messed up would that be with like the unregulated pet trade? If you go into a store oh and you're like, God. "I'd like to return this parrot I purchased," <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with it? He used Alexa to sell half my possessions. <laughs> ourselves <laughs> but thank you science yeah. that is from yeah. live science is where that article yeah, is found it's junkie parrots it's it's and and i mean if that's a reflection of the reality of what's going on here i mean it's it's 
And I wonder what the sol- I wonder what the solution is. And, I, and I'm only partially joking about like the Narcan Kool Aid, because <laughs> when people do agriculture yeah. and right, they put other plants right, around out it for the natural defense. Yeah, mm-hmm. natural defense. And so maybe there is some anti parrot plant out there. <laughs> you know, because I'm other, sure there is. Because there there are countries that don't have opiates or opioids right. in their hospitals. Like mm-hmm. you you break your leg in other, some countries, you get aspirin. That's right. right. And we're really lucky here to. To be able to have access to that, and you know, it's. Did I tell you what happened when I hurt my toe? Well, well, I sh- did show you the picture. I didn't. Sh- I won't show you the picture. I actually hurt my toe on my birthday, like ripped the toenail off the, on the big toe, oh. and it was so funny because the first thing, this is the way my brain thinks. I'm like, oh my god, this really hurts badly. Let me smoke a bowl, yep. and I smoked. Because I was in such pain, and by the time I made it to the hospital, and I was so incredibly shocked that Mount Sinai was actually so efficient. It was nuts. Anyway, I was talking to the doctor. She said, do you need pain medicine? And I was like, no, I've been smoking. She's, her response was, that's really smart. Okay. See? I know. See? I, and then that night, she was like, do you need anything for pain? I'm like, no, because they had to do a procedure and all that fun stuff. Mm. And... I said, no, I'm going to go home, probably take a Benadryl, but I'm also going to s- smoke again. She's like, that's smart. Keep doing it. And, and and to me, when that happened, and it was a younger physician, yep. and that social acceptance that she's not that's you know, right. abusing anything, right. and, and I was actually using it therapeutically, and it really did help kind of mitigate some of that pain. Right. It didn't take it away, but yeah. it, it really did because it was freaking painful. But um, it, it was amazing to me, kind of from a cultural perspective, how we're starting to see that shift. Yeah. And that's fascinating. Yeah. Did you know that only like 9% of medical schools teach about the endocannabinoid system in cannabis? 9%. 9%. Yeah. So that means a lot of our physicians really don't know kind of how phytocannabinoids actually work and interact with the well, system. Like, look at the UN. A lot of that health policy is based on reports from the 30s. I'm like, right. that's. There's been a few advances. Right. Like if you might want to integrate into Just healthcare, a wee bit. you know, and that's we don't use the word reefer anymore. I know. Well, so I have. This is what I was going to say earlier. Recreational use. I hate this term. I think we need to really get away from that term. I don't like adult use. I don't like recreational use, because when you think about why people use cannabis, most people do that for stress relief do that because they're feeling anxious or have some kind of pains and that there are therapeutic reasons people are utilizing this. So I'm on this campaign. I want for us to quit calling it recreational use right. and call it therapeutic use. Right. Would because you call drinking in a bar recreational drinking? Maybe if it's beer pong. I mean, well, <laughs> but it's not the same. <laughs> not the, but that analogy is not the same analogy. Because one is a neurotoxin and that's the other right. one it's actually impacts your health system in a very vital right. way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's so it's, right. it's so not the same analogy. About right. Just Whatever you do, you're actually impacting your endocannabinoid system with phytocannabinoids. And so for me, I, I just think that we really need to consider the language we're using right now. So if, I, I, I gave this um, talk on Sunday in Boston for this conference with um, my good friend Mary McNabb's group. Um, I always screw it up. I think it's what? C3RN. Mm-hmm. I always do 
3C, anyway, and a veterans group. And um, I was talking about that because I really think that we need to get away because there's such a stigma with recreational use as if it there's no therapeutic value. And there but is how would you undo years of the pothead, you know, stereotype? Stereotype. You know, well, when for it, me, it wasn't it's important. accurate necessarily. Right, you know, right, there's always right. extremes. Absolutely. But. but but I think that's why, to me, this is important to have podcasts like this, yep. to have for people to come out and to be open about it, because they're incredibly, um, a lot of more people feel like they get something positive from it than yeah. negative. And, and there and is so no that, consensus me, on the terms to use. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so yeah. recreational kind of feels like it cheapens kind of why people are using that. And and, and it, it, you know, does. you can have a medicinal approach. You and I were talking about this the other day. You can have it as medication, but you can also <clears throat> use it to kind of help, you know, you know unwind at the of end course. of the day. A stress reliever. And, guys, we live in a world of stress. And I think once the industry, as it becomes more established, these changes will get easier. But, you know, a couple examples of where this has been frustrating is – I've heard firsthand from people who've applied for licenses, and it's like marijuana, the word marijuana, and they use the term cannabis Mm -hmm. in their license application, Mm -hmm. got scored down because the people reviewing the applications were like, the word in the law is marijuana, Mm. and if you use cannabis, that upset Mm. us. And and like that, people lost points for using the correct terminology. The The non-racist terminology. And and New York spells it with an H because... (laughs) I guess it's because they're closer to Canada or something. Oh it's spelled with an H in the law. Oh Marijuana. <laughs> did they really do that? Yeah, yeah they yeah, did. Yeah. 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 And it's God. like, okay, you have 49 states spelling it with a J. And, and it seems like that just harkens back to those reefer madness posters. You know what does. I mean? It well, it's, it's, it's reefer madness light. There's less yeah. calories, yeah. more uplifting. I, I think but if folks, <clears throat> because it had to remain underground and people don't realize some of your heroes mm-hmm. – are tokers and smokers. You, you know, mm-hmm. if, I mean, if Absolutely. you had an opportunity to sit down with John Coltrane or John Lennon or whichever right. John you want to choose, right, right, they were masters, right, and um, well, we in their process of creating masterpieces. Look at Jimi Hendrix. He's also Jim- known for well, for just dis- he had a nice right. little distribution thing yep. going on. That's right. Yeah, but, that's right. Okay, so like we even had feedback, and this has been kind of something we've talked about about whether or not we should show whether or not we are imbibing if we are doing so online um whether or not we should do that does it cheapen us does it not cheapen us does it make us look like potheads or not and i've really kind of done a lot of soul searching and i know there's no perfect answer here but from my perspective i'm really trying to challenge stereotypes and i do not think we're having pothead conversations i do not think we're i think they're very smart and articulate and whether or not, you know, no one's seeing patients, no one's, like, operating heavy machinery. Mm-hmm. And are we really going to walk the walk or talk, you know, or just talk the talk? And so for me, as I'm just talking about Jan here, as an individual, it's been important for me to try to live as authentically as I can. And this is kind of part of it. Yeah. And, and just not to feel like I have to get caught up in what other people's versions of what a cannabis user is. Yeah. You know, I don't know many people who are more motivated than I am or many people who can handle. I, I think this actually helps me handle a lot more stress than a lot of people can. Yep. 
you know, and and I'm a, I'm a happy person. Yeah, <laughs> you right. know what I oh. mean? And and I think I'm pretty connected with right. what's going on in my life. Right. Red, you know, good, bad, and the ugly. So I, I just think until we we need to just kind of, from my perspective, be a lot more authentic. And so that's why I decided, and I had this conversation last night that I am doing this mm-hmm. because I really feel. Like, um, you know, I'm a very responsible person, would never do anything that would impact, like, I would never see patients do anything like this. This is usually, like... Well, most my, of our recordings are in the evening. You know? I know, like, I know. We're right. just, yeah. We're I'm not going to work after this, people. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like I got a wrecking ball I got to use later. I know. Was, and, know. And, and, and it was so funny. So my uh, daughter was listening to the podcast, yeah. and I totally outed my son, my 18-year-old son. And she was like, I can't believe you actually are talking about him. You know, he's going to kill you. And I call him, and I'm like, Grayson. Are, are, are you okay? I talked about that thing you had in your room where you were like blowing it through the fabric softener. <laughs> and, and and he just started bagging up. And I was like, and I told him about the ice that you taught me how to use the bong in. And he thought it was so funny. He was like, that's awesome, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> See? So, you know, we just, let's just be transparent. Yeah. No, it's good. <laughs> and, and America's history has been hiding too much crap too, right? too, for too long. We it's have such too a puritanical of a, exactly. kind of way of it's looking like, at the world. On, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Agreed, agreed, and I, I, but I still think there's a good point is that we have to clean up our language about talking about cannabis, about marijuana. There's certain yep. terms we have to use to communicate sure. what we're talking about, but I don't think we should rest on the terminology. And I'll tell you that the other side is thinking about this too. You know, there was people talk about Dr. Raphael Mashulam who just you know isolated THC and got the structure right. Uh, an American, I purified it and got the structure wrong in the 40s, many mm-hmm. decades before him, but he also discovered CBD and that structure, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But he led a one of the meetings I went to. I was blown away. I was like, why isn't this like stoner headlines for the industry? Like it was is it because he was they had a debate. Should they change the name? Should they call it something other than you know, the cannabinoid field? Because everyone associates it with cannabis. Right. Mm-hmm. Guess where the word right. comes from. Mm-hmm. And that's a negative stigma. Yep. And so they're like, what would you call it? And they're like, the endovanilloid transient protector, blah, blah. And I was like, <laughs> you just lost half your funding. You do it, dummy. And the guy who debated him, it was kind of funny because I think we were like in Scandinavia or some in the middle of the sticks nowhere, wore like a Visigoth Viking helmet while he like debated him like halfway through his talk. He just like put it on. And this is like a neurologist who's like, we should keep our name. Like, let's not be stupid. And like, you know, and I'll never get this. Yeah. But yeah, but here's the guy who's essentially credited with being the grandfather of the cannabinoid research field, arguing to change the name because it's too political and attracts the wrong type of people. Like, you know, and he's also very, he's like everyone's favorite uncle, but at the same time, he has this side to him where he's like, I kind of, I kind of hate the people that the word cannabinoid attracts yeah. and, and the, the enthusiasts. And I was like, that's the only reason you're funded, man. Yeah, only reason. <laughs> so don't hate your demographic. Right. You know, how you frame folks and frame things are critically important. Um, I think typically the ones who are being framed are a little bit more sensitive because it's the uh, outsiders that are. She's like, oh, I'm sick of it. All these interviews and awards and notoriety. 
screw it. <laughs> like, I'm gonna keep get, I wish these stoners would stop nominating me for a Nobel Prize every year. It's annoying. <laughs> like that's happening to him. Like you that's know, so crazy. You see him, and, and, and I'm one of those idiots who, when I met the guy, of course, I had been out in the sun all day, so I'm like bright red. And I'm wearing this bright pink dress next to this man who I feel who is like the rock star of this field, yeah. and I'm, I look like an idiot. But I was so excited. Everyone's like selfie, selfie. You know, we're all excited. And he's just like, "Oh God, please leave me alone. Let me go eat my shrimp in peace." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think he eats shrimp, but maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate stoners. I know, I know, I know. But, uh, but he experimented on. The well, so bugs, there's a right? story. So I actually was yeah, friends with one of his uh, grad students, um, Natalia Kogan, and I was working in Holland at the time um, doing some extraction, and I was having a hard time purifying CBD. And I was like, we're like, Ema, I was like, how much do you get from the hash that you work with? She's like, oh, yeah, hundreds of milligrams. I'm like, that's impossible. The, the, she's like, and then we found out that we're using completely two different types of hash. for, And, and so I ended up asking her one time, do you know how – they found out that THC was the molecule because obviously they isolated it, but mm-hmm. they had all these compounds in jars. How did they know? And he's like, oh, well, uh, they, they threw a party. And I was like, what? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, his wife, uh, Michelin's wife, made some baklava, and they put different compounds in the yeah. baklava, and they had people come over and eat it or whatever, candy, cake, you know. Yeah. And, they, and the, the conclusion of the story is about 30 minutes later, they knew what the active ingredient was. Because the That's group that crazy. ate compound A just started laughing and feeling good, and everyone else was like nothing. Yeah, but they that and that is so true for wow. every drug. It gets to the point where the chemist is like, "I have to know if this works." Right. And half the time it's like, "Oh yeah, this works." The other half the time you're throwing up in a sink. Yeah, but <laughs> no, it's, you got to experiment. And but so yeah, so. <laughs> but I don't know what group he was in. Right. But right. but he that is that is the legend of how That's cannabis right. was discovered. And you know, I have no reason this is a very honest researcher and I, I don't think she embellished that story at all. It well, I had kind of heard the same story too. Yeah. So so that And, and another like crazy that. thing about it is and this is again I get there's this weird kind of dark side to everything or, or lighter shades of gray. And, you know, he was getting, he got incredibly lucky because, and I just want to think about this today. Imagine you're a researcher in New York and you're trying, uh, I, right? Yeah, I can easily and you imagine get, that you want, one. You, you want to get cannabis Jay to Han, do. Can you imagine you're a researcher, yeah. cannabis researcher but, in New but York? But you want to actually get a hold of some cannabis for research, right? Right. And so you are like, oh, the police have a lot of cannabis. They confiscate. Why don't I go ask them for some? Yeah. And oh, Mishulam was a chemistry professor, and he goes and asks them for hash that they're confiscating. Of course, from Palestinians transporting it from Lebanon. So yeah. there's a little bit of a social justice yeah. issue there. And I like uh, my friend Natalia sent me pictures of it, and you know, it has like stamped with magic lamps and all You're sorts of. You're not getting cool Natalia in trouble. Already. No, she's okay. she has her own. She's fine. She's in prison already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She, Sorry, she, she, no, no, no. She just she just shared stories with me, but she told me about wow. yeah, like oh Mishulam wrote a handwritten note for 250 grams of hash, and I just took it down to the police station to get it. And the way that started was he went to the police and asked, and one the guy like you know I guess just below the police chief was a former student of his from the chemistry uh, stuff, wow. and was like, oh yeah, he's a good guy. You can give it to I him. I can vouch for him. I can vouch for him. But that's you know that's a close knit community. And what were they going to do with that stuff, right? That's and, crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And for the longest time, people, you know, again, I have a lot of hometown pride. So I'm going to talk crap about other countries' programs. 
<laughs> but, but this guy was the gatekeeper of the medical cannabis program for a really long time. And all it was was THC dissolved in olive oil. And you right. could you had to go to him to get it. And, you know, it was like the holy anointing oil. Okay. And what year is this? This is like not even, this is like less than 10 years ago. Like this Isn't is Isn't that amazing? I mean, all this fast. stuff is really for happened. De- like but he did this last... for decades, right. for a really yeah. long time. Right. I mean, no one really knows. It was like this informal thing because he always – that he has this term that people have talked about called Meshulam magic. Mm. Like, the first time they had a cannabinoid research, they had discovered the receptors, decided to have a meeting in Virginia, the, can- the Cannabis Research Society meeting, Marijuana Society meeting, so called something like that. They're starting the meeting, and, like, six police cars show up ready to bust up the research meeting and like the guy who grows marijuana for the federal government is there like there's like no no one from normal or anything like that there's researchers police cars show up now i'm not there i'm here on this you know third hand um but people showed me pictures of it and he literally mishulam walks right up to the police officers and just talks to them and this is virginia where they were if you were caught with any cannabis at a concert they arrested everybody in that row i mean it was like weird draconian crazy waste of resources stuff but somehow he talked to the police and they got in their cars and went away then hassle all these people coming all these these you know people with like like coming to talk about weed in a professional way and and he somehow like saved the conference so there's all these kind of stories about his magical powers like the he's like the the grumpy obi-wan kenobi like you will give me that cannabis for research (laughs) 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 and everybody honestly you see him at a conference and everyone's like oh oh, there he is there he is oh my god did you get a selfie oh my god Uh, so i have a question Mm -hmm. jayhan if you could impact the cannabis industry in any way well this is a question for both both of you if you could impact the cannabis industry in any way uh, in two ways, how would you impact it? I, I you know, no. it, it, practicalities <laughs> are hard, but I think I would like there to be <clears throat> um, a lot more small grants that people could take to do research. Mm-hmm. You know, like you want to study something, you want to work at a university, you have an idea for a project. Why not have the small amount of money? That you can you say like you meet a researcher, a PI, some older researcher who's like, yeah, I'd love to have you in my lab to do that, but I don't have any money. Mm-hmm. And you could get a small seed grant that yep. would cover your basic yep. supplies. You'd work for free yep. or something like that. But I mm-hmm. think that would change people's lives. They pick up skills, they pick up knowledge, maybe a new career path. But I think it would just create so much innovation and so many ideas that are lost to time or not explored. I mean, you know. I got really lucky in a lot of ways when I, but I volunteered. My first job, I was like testing cannabis illegally, and then my university gave me permission to do it in a place, and I left the garage lab. And <laughs> and I and I brought like when I came, applied to this lab for this position, I brought in like chromatograms or data on from the cannabis plants. Look, these are different ratios. I think these would have different effects. I didn't have any funding, but they're like you can work for free. We have a right. little bit of money left on this grant. And I just worked my butt off until that money was gone, just generated enough data for the publication. But, hey, if things had gone a little bit differently, I may mm-hmm. not have generated enough data. Would sure. have, and then, then what, the money was gone, and I had to find a new project. But I just it was just getting interesting. I had researchers sending me terpene extracts in the mail. I was getting ready to do all these terpene. In and the mail? Yeah. 
it's like I used to I used to love to play these jokes on on, it, on the people I was managing, like the the, the undergrads. So I'd be like, oh, can can you get that vial for me? Can you can you, what does it smell like? <laughs> <laughs> and they crack over this vial, and the whole room would smell a bouquet of weed and black pepper. It was just like, wow. Um, but it was, but we were trying to like look at that, and the like the funding runs out, and I was yeah. like, and then I tried to go to cannabis groups like yeah. uh, MPP and other groups. And they're like, oh, well, if we pay for anything, we're going to own it all. Or this. And I'm yeah. like, the, the, you so know, you're looking for more like open source kind of yeah, way of dealing with things. For people who are wanting mm-hmm. to, who wouldn't normally be able to do research, do high risk stuff yep. that, that's innovative. That would be one thing. Is we, cra- should, we should have like Marion come in and talk about C3RN because yeah. they do some open source research stuff up out of uh, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think, you know, if you had an undergrad who was really C3. passionate. I mean, I set up testing labs on shoestring budgets, right. like yeah. with a right. few thousand dollars. And so I can't okay. imagine if you got someone ten, fifteen thousand okay. dollars. Yeah. So back to the second one, really yeah. quickly, because I want to ask Sorry. Randy. Se- <laughs> second one is, um, gosh, that I, I would like to see high quality education, accredited education for everyone about cannabis, and right. then dropping that you this could trust. That you can trust because people who are training have agendas, yep. and they're t- sometimes that agenda is to make you a cash register attendee Hello. of a dispensary, and that's not worth moving to Colorado for. That's right. And, and I, I would like to see that the training to go into the cannabis industry have just I just like to see it be improved and in, in integrating other disciplines and it to be more widely available and more trusted okay. and there to be some sort of accreditation process for those programs that was more open because getting okay. education material accredited is very difficult. So. Okay. All right. So I would, I think I, I hate using the word regulation because I'm not into regulating right. anything, right. but there needs to be certain standards that are fixed in um, that allow proper training that mm-hmm. allow a fair and balanced way to enter the industry yeah. and to thrive in it. So I think uh, one way that we can kind of set this up is we designed um, Brooklyn Sprout as a worker-owner right. business. Right. So if we create a business platform, once folks go through a certain level of accreditation, certification, training, um, they're able to be owners, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as in, as opposed as as opposed to employees. So as you just said, the, the person that's doing the training isn't able to skew and say, "Yeah, he's he's the cash register. He's going to do, you know, my my uh, cloning, and he's going to do this part." Um, what you do want to do is we want to be able to pick the talent out, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we want to be able to, to to find who has a real passion for it. And then we want to be able to set them up to be owners and not employers. We want to build wealth, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, smaller size groups um, that that are able to participate at a UConn or a Cornell University or Delaware State University Ag Department mm-hmm. um, and um, hit the ground running mm-hmm. with with the confidence and advantage of feeling as if they own something. That, yeah, um, yeah. They'll be more vested in it. More vested yeah. in it, yeah. much more. It's um, not a just a dead-end thing, or it's exactly. not a regular job. You exactly. are looking to make I mean, let's be, you know, there's, there's, there's 
but respect comes to an owner, and right. an employee right. is just that, a, a one right. one of a few. Right. Um, and there's a precedence for, for, for the success of, of being able to stick to that business right. model. Right. So I think that's important. Um, I guess the second... Hmm... Yeah, that second tricky? one's always tricky. It's isn't always it? it's always <laughs> tricky. Um, well, we can stick to one. It's okay. But I want to say something important. I just don't have anything more to say. So <laughs> well, we maybe will come I'll, back. Yeah, to you. maybe we'll okay. come back. And I'll, right. so I'll think of I'm going to give mine. Yeah. Then I would like to see that there could be reciprocity in all the states mm. for medical cannabis mm. programs because I think that's the most ridiculous thing ever to create a program and to tell people they can't go to a different state with their medication. Great. So what you're talking about is, again, for people who don't know. That if I have a, a license in one state, yeah. then it goes, if I am in another <laughs> state, there's reciprocity and there. Some states so have that. Like you can only take nine, I think only yep. nine states so have that. So and if so you're a medical patient in Massachusetts, you may not be able to go to another state and right. get your medicine. Right. Like I have a, a card in Delaware and legally I'm not allowed to come to New York and use any product that has been used. And, and so I think these are very important um, issues that we need to really kind of hone in on. Mm. Um, another, so that's my first I like one. That one a lot. And I the like that second too. one is that I would like to see more opportunities for people of color and women um, building the bat like the the um, backbone mm -hmm. of the cannabis industry. And I think that there's something that we gain from that. So those are my two things. Mm. So Great highlight. Okay, so here, think about that. Think of everything we just kind of, we just did a thought experiment. So mm. three different people, three different backgrounds, three different perspectives. And think of how much smarter if we could do all of those together. And that's how you grow from people. True indeed. You know, that's how we kind of like take inclusion and really kind of provide something greater than the individual, True indeed. you know, and we've been in such a society, you know, our society has been mostly, you know, white male privilege, and I'm not, I love white males, I love all people, so I'm not bashing that, mm -hmm. you know, but sometimes we can feel really fragile about kind of acknowledging privilege and stuff, and so from my perspective, this is the beauty of this opportunity we have, and we need to be able to be aligning ourselves and having these conversations, and I, I'm hoping the people who listen to us will keep, yeah. you know, will right. do that and start being mindful of it, sure. you know, because everything that we do has this impact to Im impact each other, you know. Yep. So anyway, no, I, 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 like I like that, that little no, experiment because we all good. have You're different right. perspectives You're right. for a reason. Yeah, uh, and there's yeah. No, Sorry. that was that was brilliant. It I was. really like that, and you I and I, I and I found smart. some very common <laughs> resonance there, <laughs> especially about training and education, not just for a job, but for a career, but for ownership. And I I really feel like yep. we're hitting on this issue. We're seeing in the industry. Yes, great, two hundred thousand jobs are created, but what right. type of jobs? What, what are those going to lead to? Exactly. Right, right. Um, right. You know, are those people just going to be looking at their watch, waiting for time of to course. end, or are they going to be like, "I'm invested. I'm a part of I'm this. Part I'm learning of new skills. My community is growing." Right. Uh, you know, and I and I worry about the bubble, and I worry about those jobs. And you know, imagine here's the concern: is you have a 18, 19 year old gets a job at a cannabis industry. It's decent pay for someone your age, mm -hmm. and you don't develop other skills. 
because you have a you hey I got some stability in my life and, and then that bubble pops and yep. you're like these skills don't translate exactly and, right. and, yeah exactly. and then, but if you were brought on as an owner of that company you'd learn actually how to run a business exactly. and it wouldn't matter that it was cannabis to just make it more fun and enjoyable <laughs> right <laughs> and you would have to be good at it and yeah. which, which weeds right. out the ones who are you who know are I mean, just because there's going to be and equal. not everyone is equal you and know and should. not people are you know and this is something i've found i'm curious if you guys have found this mm-hmm. in this industry i find that there are lots of risk takers mm-hmm. people who aren't afraid of taking risk who actually kind of thrive on being creative and the way that they they problem solve and stuff like that and there's almost this energy and support to be that way whereas in the other business world you know be prudent be you know now it doesn't feel as creative so i've been fascinated with people i've met just through you know this business you know because they tend to be highly imaginative and and brilliant people i've met some of the most brilliant people i've ever met here you know I don't know. No, you're hitting. Do you feel that I, 100%, too? One hundred percent. Partly because we've had to remain underground for such a long right, time, right? And in the lab um, or in the grow room, working right. out your thoughts and and, yeah. and your techniques. So right. you do get yeah. um, amazingly creative. Yeah, and really I, and, I, and I have to say, the first <laughs> time I walked into a, a dispensary when I when I became a patient after a car accident and chose to go the route of cannabis mm-hmm. instead of opioids mm-hmm. and benzodiazepines. I was not ready for that experience. I was like, this is what cannabis actually looks like. I had not seen it in a non-stepped-on, crushed-up form. Mm. <laughs> I was like, what are these things growing on it? Those are the calyxes. Those are the trichomes. Like, yeah. oh, I've read about those. Yeah. Like, but I was like, I was like a fool. Like my my, I could not comprehend the choice, the selection, the you know, it was it was like something out of a world because. I came from a, a world where you did not have a choice. You right. didn't. You, there was no customer policies. Yeah. There was no, you know. And and, it, and I and I think about that a lot with how when you when get you know circling back to earlier conversation of what is it like in a a really a male dominated oriented. What is that experience mm-hmm. like? And I, and I feel like it isn't often user friendly. It's you know? not. Like if they were building, you know, one of those fancy high tech houses, there'd be some issues. Uh, The the house would tell you what temperature you wanted it to be, not (laughs) not the other way around. You know, and and now I think there are some companies who are taking great great strides to make it more inclusive and more sensitive. And there is now you see a lot more training for employees to engage more properly with people from different backgrounds. Yeah. 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 So I'm there with you. Uh, so anyway, I, I don't know. I think anything else you guys want to add for today? Or um, Well, you know, we could do the headline game. Let's and do the headline game. What's but the headline game? Oh, my oh, okay. God. So <laughs> Poor Randy. Oh, we're going <laughs> to. No, this is oh fun. Boy. This, this is, this is fun. fun. So I have been scouring the news to pick ooh, uh, ooh. four real headlines. And one fake one that I make up, <laughs> sometimes on the spot. Um, and I'm going to just read them, and I want you Uh-oh. guys... Did I ruin one? No, you didn't. Okay, okay. Well, it just occurred so. to me, like, shit, was that parrot one the, f- the real one? <laughs> was that? Okay. I know, that was good. So, All right, so I'll read through them, and then you, I want you guys to guess which one is okay. real. So we're going to listen to all of them, and then we guess, right? Yes, okay. yes. Okay, uh, I gotta think. Gotta put my thinking okay. cap on. So the first headline is Facebook may loosen marijuana restrictions, internal company presentation says. 
Second one, California, Arizona cannabis retailers with the same name headed to court over trademark. Three, New York officials skeptical that Governor Cuomo will legalize cannabis next month. Number four, Texas allows cannabis social clubs in three cities. And number five, Arizona, one of the few states that doesn't have cannabis safety testing. I'm saying the Texas social club That's thing because I, was I just don't four. trust. No. Yeah. So do you do you think Arizona doesn't have any testing requirements for their products? You think that they would have a full state program? I just think that program? it's more likely that Texas wouldn't allow three social clubs. That's, that's, I couldn't see that in Texas. You can't? No. Uh-uh. Oh no. darn! You guys got it. That's yes. the. <laughs> So, he was, did you notice he was trying to, second. like, get us to yeah, – No, yeah, that one, yeah. that Arizona one, that's so that, sad. So that's – yes. So that's true. That is true, that's and, they, true. and they, that is really frightening. So now let's think about it in a capitalist sense, and then we'll let everyone go home and stop <laughs> leaving this podcast and think about this because this is ultimately something that bothers me is I was with a guy on a bus at a conference, and he's like, oh, I grow in Arizona, and there's no testing requirements, and I just turn it into oil. And I was like, really? He's like, this is what I do. I just shove as many plants as I can in the room, just water it, don't take care of it, because who cares if it has mold? <gasps> and then I just extract it. Oh, he's like, what God. do you think of that? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm terrified. Oh, <laughs> I'm God. terrified. I think oh, it's wrong, God. fool. You're doing <laughs> it like, wrong. Wrong for your workers. Yeah. Like, oh, and, and, and I met people who tried to go to visit his super large cultivation. They, they couldn't even open the door. There were so many plants in there. It, you know what so I mean? So it's like a safety issue, too? It, <laughs> I, I really worry about the workers. And then I, Maybe oh, they clean up the product God. through some magical oh, process, but... But yeah, it's like why isn't there testing? And but again, I just want to clarify: there are companies who are voluntarily using testing. There right. are there are right. those services available. Right. I visited those labs. Um, some of them don't survive very long right. because it's not required. But there are there are operators in the state who do utilize the proper testing services. Right. But again, it is insane that in this day and age, where you can even get a handheld device right. that can tell you what's in your potatoes, like. That you are not testing these products for it's, anything. It's, yeah. yeah, especially humans are consuming this. And this it's is not ridiculous cool because we know what's going to happen. Right, it's, it's absolutely. Come back to bite. Absolutely. I mean, well, that's so. one of the reasons that we write stuff like consumer Damn warnings. Right. Yeah. When and I guess the last one I'd like there. to talk about is the California Arizona companies. And I'm not going to tell you their real names because you know they're not Patreons of our, our But you know, I want to <laughs> say that I see in my in the last 10, 15 years, I've seen probably more than anything. Companies with the letter THC in there, the healing center, the healthy oh, center. God. The, and it's just like, I was like, oh. if I see one more of those. It's kind of like, like I, seeing a pot leaf on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. Okay, but, sorry. But I wonder I wonder what, like, this judge, I, it's like, I can't imagine, like, they're infringing. We trademarked the weed leaf. Like, <laughs> we were the first one. Oh he's like, he's like, no, ours is whiter. It's right. an indica leaf. You can clearly yeah. see. I just hope that there's a big blow up of a marijuana leaf and like the letters THC and there's a guy like walking the jury through it. Like, I just really, I need that for a meme. I really do. Oh my god. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, the attorney makes millions. Oh but, man. But yeah, so things are changing, is... and, and we don't know what's happening in New York. Yeah, like, who knows? I mean, it's going to be a dog and pony show yep. a little mm-hmm. bit of this but i think that i don't think they spilled the whole can of beans but i think some of it's out there and mm-hmm. they can't there's no take backsies right right can't right. put it back in the bottle yep so All we're right. i'm looking forward to seeing what happens in new york see yeah. what happens in this crazy cannabis bonanza that we have yeah it's, it is a bonanza man, that yeah. is a bonanza and, 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 and you know it's a really amazing thing and i think we're, we're 
we're, we're probably should wrap it up soon. But, yeah. you know, there are, again, and I've said this before, but it, it blows my mind that there are buildings that are still standing where cannabis products were legally produced in New York 100 years ago. He's going to do a tour. I Maybe was, we should nice. do that. But Maybe we could, should have yeah. people sign up and we could have a tour. Yeah. And, and, like if, and there's, there's not, there's not like, no. there's like a hundred of these buildings. He would buildings. be like the perfect tour guide, but, too, because he has yeah. all this knowledge that That's I don't know. Especially in, like, you're talking about the West Indies and, and right. Jamaicans. We like, they, they had cannabis candies yep. legally produced and sold in New York up until uh, 37. And so, like, we could see these buildings reused again. <laughs> It's like this. The no. circle the is now complete. Really? Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so that's a positive message: yeah. is that oh, we're we're getting back to our roots right. and we're coming back. And, Perfect. And do you guys have any any uh, any quick hits before we sign mm-hmm. off? Last thing, like session. To... It was. It was. <laughs> really. it, was it, it was a was great like... session? That's what I always call my therapy yeah. session. So yeah. it's a great oh, session. Right. But it was good. I yeah. love. We love having you here, Randy. You have to come back. Appreciate it. You bring a great energy, and and I really liked how you're tying in. You're normalizing this discussion because yeah. when we go and you talk to people about social justice and cannabis, it's like, you know, their eyes kind of glaze over. But you realize that this is something is very similar to other things that have happened before. It's very you can we can do the right thing. So good. Oh, this uh. was wonderful. And for everybody listening, please don't forget we are looking for some support. We're trying to keep it grassroots. So we're not having to bring the industry to help support this. Right. We're on a mission to teach people about cannabis to talk to have a really smart and funny though conversation about cannabis related issues related to mental health well-being livelihood um, social justice really trying to to positively impact our society and so i i'm grateful for you randy thank you so much oh, for coming so on my and, pleasure and people please be patrons to us go to patreon.com look up new hemp times you can figure out a way even if it's just one little dollar you can join our one hitter club you know we need that That's so right. please come support us and help us kind of continue this conversation around the cannabis bonanza and be safe y'all all, all right. right have a good one bye